life, we make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and uh, welcome to Things Worth Considering. Uh, We are a live show. We're a weekly show and we're all about connections. The ones that we make with each other, the ones that we miss, uh, and importantly, the connection that we make to ourselves. Tonight's interesting because it's the connection that maybe we might make with the moon. Uh, That's pretty good, the planetary concept. Uh, We know that our guests will entice you, they'll empower you, and they'll also give us things that are worth considering. I'm your host, Cordrell. I am here with my co-host, the ever-illustrious naturopathic doctor, Dr. Alexia Georgiousis. Come on, smile. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. 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 I'm very good. Um, As I said, we are live. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, uh, you can call us anywhere from North America, uh, toll-free at 1-888-346-9141. Now, let me introduce our guests. You uh, have you been on the show? You were on the show two years ago. No, no, I have never. No, been on the I. Show. That's right. That's right. You were moving. Um, mm-hmm. So let me introduce Chris Jalosowitz. We go way, way back. In fact, Chris used to work for me for a little while till I threw her out and said, "Get out to British Columbia." Um, <laughs> <clears throat> she is a retired psychotherapist, registered psychotherapist. Uh, she's a soul coach, a certified natural healthcare practitioner, a spiritual director, and importantly, an astrologer and an intuitive guide. Uh, Chris teaches in the Holistic Health Program and the Total Self Programs uh, at Transformational Arts. Uh, some are via Zoom. Right now, we're transitioning. And some, she comes in from uh, BC to uh, teach live. Uh, she's also a graduate of the school, so uh, she knows it all. She uses intuitive coaching, astrology, and energy medicine in her private practice to help others uh, to live their best lives. She currently resides in Kelowna, British Columbia. Welcome. Thank you, Gord. I'm so delighted to be here. So excited. We're, we're glad you got here too. You haven't burned down yet. Mm-hmm. No, this is true. This yeah. is really scary, especially the area you're in. Lots of fires. Yeah, lots you're of fires. You're in the valley, basically, right? I am. The Okanagan mm-hmm. area? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been, uh, <clears throat> that's not going to be great on our, our fruits and vegetable harvest this year. No, it's not. And I really, really feel for the farmers because the situation out here is really dire. Um, right, right. We've had a drought all summer and the fires are, are really bad and uh, it's super smoky. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, wow. Well, on a better note, we're going to talk about the moon, right? <clears throat> yes, let's talk okay, about Okay, no, nothing's burning there that we know of. Um, so, you know, I think we all, you know, certainly wonder as to how humans might be affected by the moon. You know, I mean, it, it, the moon moves so much water, it creates tides, uh, can create huge tides uh, if it's close enough. And I'm just wondering, you know, what, what kind of an influence does it have on us? Wow. Well, it has a huge influence on us. Um, but then again, uh, it depends who you talk to. I know I'm you and sure. I, yeah, you and I had had that chat recently about um, the medical community and their uh, perspective on whether the moon does indeed 
have an impact on us from a, a mental health standpoint. Right, right. Uh, so there's there's that perspective. Um, the perspective that I'm going to look at uh, tonight uh, during our our, um, our interview, and also in the workshop that I'll be teaching, is is I'm approaching the moon from a an astrological perspective, and of course, of course, from that perspective, it has a huge impact on us, and it's a really, really important. Um, I've also kind of taken a look at the moon through history and and different mm. cultures and our ancestors. So there's so much information out there; it's fascinating. Tell us about some of the cultural stuff. And and you know, with Chris, I think that you have a valid you know in terms of the comment of. Uh, the the medical world, and I think that the conventional medicine is is it depends on pockets, right? There are pockets of people who in who believe and who don't, or who actually look at the science behind it, because it's not just about belief. It's 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 buried. It's been buried there for a long time, and that awareness of these old cultures that knew that there was a connection, there was a relationship with the moon, and in naturopathic medicine, it's very important in terms of menstrual cycles, fertility, things like this, and, and awareness of mood. And I'm curious too, um, do you do you know anything about solar flares? Because I've heard that sometimes the solar flares can have more of an impact on the moon with some individuals, depending on, again, what you read, what you look at. Has that ever come across your, your desk or your your consciousness um i haven't done a lot of research on solar flares other than you know what i what i've read what i've seen what i've heard which is essentially that you know they do have a huge impact on um the planets the moon the solar system and then consequently on us but in all honesty i haven't done a lot of research on solar flares sure no, thanks. I was just curious, and I know that it focuses on the moon, which is beautiful, right? Yeah, yeah the moon. So just going go, – go ahead, Gordon. No, no, I was just going to say, what about some of the cultural? I mean, there's so many the calendars, for instance, that are yeah. based on moon, on moon and lunar cycles. You know, mm-hmm. how they adjust them is really interesting. But uh, I'm just curious what you, you know about it. Yeah. So, so from a um, a cultural or a historical perspective, um, archaeologists, for example, have found uh, markings showing that humankind has been paying attention to the moon uh, for over thirty thousand years. Um, so, moon watching, um, as it's been termed, uh, began centuries ago, many many moons ago. Mm-hmm. Um, our ancestors um, have worked with the moon and, and the changing seasons yeah. Uh, to help, yeah, to help predict the weather, uh, determine if the tides would rise or fall, uh, when plants would bloom. Um, we also know that uh, the Farmer's Almanac, for example, uh, so since the 1800s, it's been around and it's recommended uh, using the moon phases for planting and for gardening. Um, in many ancient cultures across Europe and also uh, Native American tribes uh, gave full moons a name. So mm. the names that they, they chose often reflected uh, the changing seasons and nature. So, so names like Harvest Moon, uh, Strawberry Moon, uh, Snow Moon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And, well, and the harvest moon also plays a double role here, though, is because it's so bright, the harvest moon, that it allowed, before we had electricity and all that kind of stuff, it allowed farmers to be out longer doing the, doing the final harvesting because they could see what was going on after dark. Yeah. That's in the well, northern hemisphere. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And and in the research that I that I was doing, um, I found that uh, it was I thought it was kind of interesting that the harvest moon is either uh, September or sometimes October. Uh, and in September, it's it's the full moon closest to the September equinox. Uh, so most years, the harvest mm. moon actually is in September, but around every three years or so, uh, it ends up being in October. And mm. uh, and the reason reason um, uh, uh, for that is um, oh, actually, no, no, that's that's not correct. So yeah, so it's either September or it's it's October. Yeah. So yeah, that that sort of the the um, the different names that were given uh, to the moon and and you mentioned Gord earlier uh, the lunar calendar, mm-hmm. which is um, which is also uh, interesting uh, or, or the calendar um, and that calendar is is basically based on the cycles of the moon or the moon phases. We're going to be talking about the moon phases um, a little bit later in the interview. Um, So the lunar calendars have been around um, since ancient times as well, um, dating back uh, as far as 32,000 years ago. And in the research that I did, um, some of the artifacts that were found were from the ice age and they included things like sticks and reindeer bones and, and mammoth tusks with marks on them. And the academic scholars uh, felt that, that these um, artifacts uh, depicted the days between the different phases of the moon. Hmm. So I I thought that was kind of interesting. And then in terms of um, lunar calendars, uh, I've come across a few different ones that I thought were were fascinating. There's the um, Islamic lunar calendar, and uh, it's also called the the Hijri calendar. I I wasn't familiar with it. And it's the only purely lunar calendar that uh, apparently is still widely used today. And it's the official calendar in countries around the Gulf, um, including Saudi Arabia. And some Muslim countries uh, today only use the Islamic calendar for religious purposes. Um, And then, of course, they use the Gregorian calendar for for other things. And then um, the the Mayans. all on the same flight. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the, the Mayans also um, had their uh, calendar, and it was a lunar calendar system uh, that they developed. And again, uh, it was based on their agricultural needs um, and, and the agricultural needs of, of living in a rainforest. And, and they invented um, numerous calendar systems, but the most important one was the sacred Solkin calendar, which is an actual uh, lunar calendar. Um, and then the other one that I thought was interesting as well was is the Chinese lunar calendar. So um, the Chinese originally used uh, a lunar calendar system to determine uh, the best times to plant, to harvest, uh, and to hold um, their various festivals. 
And, and today they use the Western um, solar calendar for the more practical matters of everyday living, of course. But the old lunar calendar um, is still used to determine dates for holidays and right, festivals right. and all New sorts years, of things. stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, they've got, um, uh, you know, they, they're okay with the coexistence of, of two different calendar systems, which, um, right. which is kind of interesting. In the uh, Hebrew, they have one also. And they have to make a giant adjustment uh, every couple of years. It could be a couple of weeks. It could be like a whole month and a half that has to jump forward. Because, of course, if you're running on a lunar compared to the Gregorian, there's a lot more days in the Gregorian. So you kind of to catch up, you have to, you know, take care of that. And so there's a, this big jump happens that, the you know, scholars of the Judaic uh, uh, University or whatever, they come together, the rabbinical, actually, and, and uh make a determination as to how far they're going to jump forward uh, in Chris, order to catch up. Chris, I have a question for you around your research also. Did you, and maybe you're going to speak to this a bit later, but in terms of the, um, you know, often in, in various sort of earth-based cultures and practices, the, the moon is representative of the grandmother or the femininity, and then the sun is more masculine, the male. And, and what have you found or what do you find in your work that you see with this, with, whether with, with clients or, or anything, anything you can share about that? Well, yeah, that, that's interesting that you, you bring that up um, because um, as I was doing more research, um, the moon, as we know, as, as you just mentioned, is personified as female in many world cultures and and also uh, in astrology, which I'm, I'm going to talk about a, a little bit later on. Um, and through history, goddesses, for example, uh, were always associated or often associated with the moon. And in many cultures, uh, as part of that, women's power was also associated uh, with the moon. And some cultures believe that the moon goddess actually created time and, and cycles of creation and growth and, and, and death and, and rebirth. Um, and as I started looking at, at different cultures and, and different moon goddesses, I, I, uh, I found um, some interesting little tidbits of information. Um, for example, uh, the Romans and the Greeks uh, they had Diana and um, Artemis, and they were moon goddesses, uh, archetypes of, of female strength and female power. Um, the other thing that I found um, interesting was in the Catholic Church, Mary is sometimes referred to as the moon queen. Hmm, uh, interesting. I wasn't. Yeah, I thought that I was really that. interesting. I had never heard queen. that either. Really, the Moon Queen. I was not aware of that. I'm gonna call her that next time I see her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought that was <laughs> really? that was an interesting one. I'd never come across that before. Huh. Um, in Hinduism, Kali is um, depicted with a moon under her third eye. Um, in Egypt, of course, Isis is associated or has been associated with the moon since the third century BC. And, and there's the triple goddess. So the maiden, the mother and the crone um, archetypes linked to the new um, and dark moons. And of course, to feminine wisdom. So right. and, and I don't think there's any coincidence that the, a woman's menstrual cycle 
where our menstrual cycles have this the same sort of you know timeline of the moon cycles correlated there's a huge connection there around and and regularity um of menses can be really um helped with you know coordinating using various um uh, sort of essential oils or essential fatty acids, rather, and and also awareness of the timing with the moon, which I think is phenomenal. You know, it is fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and just further um, in terms of the moon through history, I I found it interesting how uh, different cultures honored and celebrated the moon as well, and still do. Um, in Mexico, apparently, they have an ancient Mayan moon dance ceremony. Uh, and the Buddhists, I thought this was interesting. Um, the full moon has a special meaning for them because Buddha was born um, enlightened and also died on a full moon day. Um, in the Hindu culture, the full moon uh, has special meanings. They have rituals and celebration, honoring the goddess and paying respect to the divine mother or to Shakti. And right. so, yeah, lots of uh, lots of acknowledgement, honoring, and celebration of the moon, whether it be new moon or full moon. Mm -hmm. In our culture, we have to honor the commercial, so we have to take a break. We'll be right back. Okay. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for The Power of Young People to Change the World, hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info 
at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we're here with uh, Crystal Lasowitz, and we're talking about the divine moon. Um, I love the moon when it's like a big full moon or something. I don't know the meaning of it, but I just think that it's real pretty. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of beliefs and a lot of mythology around sort of the impact of the moon on people. Uh, I looked up a whole, when I said we were going to do this, I looked up a whole bunch of studies and meta studies of analysis and so on. And, um, interestingly, you know, the idea that there's an increase in visits to ER, increase in babies being born, uh, violence and homicide or suicide, none of those will bear any, any weight whatsoever in studies that have been done. There's no, nothing indicating that there's more people go to the ER than they would on Saturday night or you know, anything else. Uh, now, uh, the only thing they did find, though, which is really quite interesting, is, is that people who uh, have bipolar disorder, there is a higher probability that they will go into a manic phase during a full moon. And they're the only, that's the only disorder I, that I find identifies. that very interesting that that's the so only disorder that's, and not even disorder, I don't want to call it that. I, I, that's the only um state that is actually studied compared to well it's the only one that emerged schizophrenia depression and none of the other you know uh, mental health uh uh, categories for lack of other words uh uh showed there there was any sort of a big difference but bipolar was definitely uh, it really piqued my interest i thought that was quite quite interesting that it would come out now as somebody who worked in er for a long time as somebody who has a brother uh, that when it is the full moon, he turns into like a grizzly bear. Um, <laughs> my, my mother said, thank God that uh, uh, he found a, uh, a, you know, a woman that would absolutely take care of him, his wife, when he's in those states, you know, uh, which is quite, quite fascinating. Um, okay, we had... Some moon energy coming in, I think, in our, over our connection. Here. I think it might have been my brother when I said he's a grizzly bear. Uh, but he's, I remember my mother just saying, "I'm just really happy that he met somebody who can put up with it." Uh, like once, once a month, sometimes twice, when a blue moon floats. Uh, but certainly, there there did seem to be an increase in traffic, you know, and what was going on at the, in the hospital and in the ER and in OBGYN. Uh, and I just thought that was really interesting that they're saying there isn't. So I'm anecdotal. I'm not part of a study. It's like, that's my observation is that of course it affects us. I get, I get quite, quite happy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, Gord, because, um, uh, uh, Dr. Arnold Lieber, I, d- I don't know if you came across him in, in any of your um, reading. Um, he, he's a retired former psychiatrist and chair of psychiatry uh, for the Miami Heart Institute and the St. Francis Hospital in Miami. So he wrote a book uh, called The Lunar Effect, Biological Tides and Human Emotions. And he um, maintains that since the body is... 70 to 80 percent water uh, the moon's gravitational pull call causes tides in the human body which in turn affect behavior um, for his book he did 15 years of research so a lot of empirical research and he suggests that the moon definitely 
has an impact on human behavior. And some of the things that he uncovered were things like um, excessive bleeding in surgery is most likely to occur on a full moon. Um, as you mentioned, hospital emergency rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hospital emergency rooms operate at peak capacity. Uh, staff working in mental health and addiction institutions reporting uh, a dramatic increase in yeah. in behavioral challenges at the full moon. Um, and he also talked about uh, cases of arson increasing by a hundred percent in New York City on a full moon. Hmm. Now. You know, as you mentioned, there are so many studies out there, and and many of them have disputed um, his claims, his findings, and they found no correlation between behavioral changes and the cycles of the moon. So I, I think the jury's kind of well. The, still the one like, the one person who did a bunch of these meta analysis said that you know the people who who are like in the ERs and in the hospitals. There's an expectation that we will then try to fulfill. We'll say, oh, yeah, my God, I was so busy. And so it's our behavior then that is actually determining what we're saying. But well, at the same time, we know, does the observer or does does what's being observed change by from the observer? In other words, what effect. impact does the research have yeah. on mm-hmm. the outcome but of I, their thing? I, I think there's something to this around, again, you know, part of even the with the pandemic, a lot of people have not been able to have the usual distractions and we've been able to notice and become more sensitive to ourselves and what it's like to be a human being on the planet. So we feel things, we're feeling the awareness of the planet. It makes total sense, the gravitational pull, absolutely, the physiology of the body. Mm-hmm. And Chris, what I'm curious for you to, uh, to ask you is around with this aspect of why certain people are more affected at certain times during a full moon, so it's not necessarily everyone, is that where the astrology picture comes in for you? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I, I would say uh, partially, uh, partially. Well, 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 let's talk a little bit about that when we kind of get into um, the moon cycles or the moon, the moon phases. Um, I think there's so many different factors, um, and and I say partially because we're all different. We're all different. All of us are made differently. So, from an astrological perspective, for example, um, my chart is different from your chart. is different from Gord's chart, and so we are fundamentally different emotionally. The way we respond to the world is different. The way we um, act under stress uh, is different. And so um, the moon, the full moon specifically, may have a different impact on each of us. So whereas one of us may be much more sensitive to the impacts of the full moon, um, another uh, of us may not be as much. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And it, it actually sort of speaks to that sense of you know, people will say, I'm so sensitive. And I know, Gord, we've talked about this in previous shows mm-hmm. around how sometimes being sensitive is seen as a negative thing. And mm-hmm. and it's not. It's it's an awareness piece, right? It, what's, what's hard is that when how do you be in the world when you feel all of this energy that's happening, these changes? Right. And, and uh, I think going back to the example of the observer effect and and yes, we can absolutely create that. But I also think there's a big piece where we can dismiss 
what it really means to be fully present in our bodies on earth, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Alexia, you said something um, a little bit earlier about, you know, the moon and, and emotions and, and feelings um, from an, in, the interesting piece here is that from an astrological perspective uh, the, or the moon in astrology, it represents our inner life our instinctual self, our intuition. Um, and symbolically, the moon influences the deep waters of our unconscious, so our emotions, our feelings, our moods. And uh, just along the lines of astrology, it, it's, um, it's a feminine archetype. And it's about things like our needs, uh, uh, mothers, parenting, memories, nourishment, um, our habits, feeding, nurturing, home. There's there's just so much to it. So much to it. That's f- fascinating around the energy of the moon. And I always, I love moonlight. Like I love, mm. love moonlight. And I find it always so interesting when you're out let's say in the woods somewhere, not that I am very often, but, but when you're out and it's really dark and, and you, and it's that, that zone where you can't quite recognize what something is like, Oh, is that rock, you know, the big boulder, a bear, or is it, you know, what's that <laughs> tree? Is there a person there? And it's, it feels a little scary. So Chris, when you were saying around, you know, the depths of the waters within us, the kind of the, 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 the darker parts, and I don't mean that darker as a negative. I just mean hidden, and and I is that part of what happens with the moon and astrology is that it's sort of bringing a light to what needs to be seen. Yes, it can, and depending on the phase of the moon, um, the moon is looks different. At different times of the month, so so maybe let me let me maybe walk you through some of this to kind sure. of explain it a little more fully. Um, so the workshop that I'm going to be doing uh, at the Transformational Arts College is based on the work of astrologer Yasmin Boland, and she's researched the moon for over 25 years and is a real authority on the moon and how we can work with her. Um, Uh, her cycles consciously to set intentions, to manifest, um, and also to release and release whatever it is that we need to release um, within us that's that's no longer serving us. Um, So when we look at at the moon phases, for example, um, so working with the moon really is, is about getting familiar with the different phases of the moon, what, what they mean, how they look. Uh, you mentioned kind of the light and the dark, um, and also how to use them. So within a, within a 29 and a half day cycle, um, there are eight different moon phases. And one way of remembering that is, is the moon looks different throughout the month. So Alexia, you mentioned, you know, the light of the moon and, and, you know, is that, I think, did did you say a bear? Well, I was saying that if, you know, imagining that you saw a big boulder and sometimes you can't, you you know, you, you don't see it the same as you would in daylight, right? You you can look like a big bear compared to a boulder, right? 
Right, exactly. Um, and, and the moon does look different throughout the month. And, and that's because of the changing angles between the earth, the moon and the sun. Um, so it's lit up or not lit up, uh, depending on the phase. So for example, you know, the full moon we know is big, it's round, it's bright. And the new moon, however, is is dark. Um, we, we can't see it, it's invisible. Um, so the new moon from a from a phase standpoint, uh, the new moon and the full moon are probably the more well-known phases. You know, we all know about the full moon and, um, you know, how we feel at the full moon or behavior at the full moon. And we know about the new moon as well. Um, it almost sounds like a little bit of a joke, like it's the new moon, but you can't see it. But it's there. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like this illusion. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You look up there, but you can't see it. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, you know, for me, I, I sort of expect the new moon to look like the full moon, like the new moon to be bright yeah, and Exactly, big me and too, full. me too. Yeah, yeah. But do I never in, see in fact, it? it? Exactly. I I sleeping through it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but yeah, you, you raise a great point, and, and I, I thought exactly the same thing. Um so, so with the moon, the other thing is we've got a couple of different cycles. So we've got the phases and we've got the cycles and, and the, the cycles are the waxing cycle and the waning cycle. You might've heard those terms before. Yes. Um, yeah. So waxing is when we move from the new moon to the full moon. So it's getting bigger and it's getting brighter in the sky and then the waning cycle is when we go from the full moon to the new moon and it's getting smaller or it, it appears to be, uh, be getting smaller and, and darker and then eventually almost um, in, invisible. Um, so with the new moon, for example, we, we start the, the cycles with the new moon and um, the new moon is dark. It's invisible. Um, it's hidden and it can be associated with, with things that are veiled in mystery. Um, but the interesting thing about the new moon is that um, it's the time to plant your seeds. It's the time to plant um, the seeds for your dreams, for your ideas, uh, it's a time of new beginnings. Uh, when the slate is clean, it's a time of potential and, and dreams. It's a time of planting, like physical planting, right. planting of seeds. Um, so from a, from a human standpoint, like for us, how could we work with the moon? Um, how could we work with the new moon, for example? Well, it would, would be a time to start thinking about what it is that we want, um, what kind of goals do we want? Um, what do we want to plan for our future? And it's a time for us to really plant the seeds of, of what it is that that we want to man what we want to manifest. Um, this is the new moon. The start of the new moon. This is the new moon. Yeah. Right. So the new moon. The new moon is the start of the cycle. So the new moon really is all about new beginnings. So you think of new moon. Yep. And you think of new beginnings, right? So, you know, what is it that you want? Um, what do you want to achieve? What do you want to accomplish? What are your goals? And so, so that's the time 
of the monthly lunar cycle that you want to put your goals out there. You want to set your intentions and start your planning. Okay. 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 So, uh, yeah, why don't we just plant the idea into a commercial and we're going to pick up on the moon phases as soon as we get back. Okay. We'll be right back in two minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we're here with uh, uh, a woman who I think is a lunatic. Uh, <laughs> where does that come from? Oh, my goodness. That's part that's of the mythology it. of, you know, Luna, lunatic. Yes. Lunacy. The you know, Luna is. is the moon. Uh, it's it so tied is. into it, you know, and it's yeah. what keeps all of these myths going. So it's, anyways, her, real, it's her real myth, name is though. not lunatic. It's but Crystal Asowitz. <laughs> well, it, and it, it it diminishes the power of the moon, right? It diminishes the, you know, if we want to get a sort of political, it diminishes the power of femininity, the feminine power. When we, you know, it's like the word hysterectomy, right? It's like his, they were hysterical women. So that's, that's right. why the hysteria yeah. was removed. Yeah. So in well, they the used medical, to be the, our, our, our mental health facility in Toronto well, used to be called Toronto Lunatic Asylum. I believe it. In the eighteen hundreds, they got yeah. went a little more politically correct, you know. Yes, but it just yes. shows that long 
that long, long history of how it's embedded in our language. Oh, absolutely. And and now I hope there's a resurgence. And Chris, this is what I'm curious about. I think more people are very interested in the moon and the cycles and the energy of the of the world. And also what you were speaking about before the break is around how to sort of harness this energy as being something supportive and also guiding, where you were saying the new moon is the time to you know, plant seeds and think about what you want. And and I, I also want to mention is this not necessarily about manifesting material things or, you know, as, as I think Gord has posted sometimes that, you know, the world doesn't need more billionaires, we need more conscious people. Yeah, really. So I always think that what we're planting can also be related to how we want to, how do, how do we want to live in the world? How do we want to experience the world? Is mm-hmm. that something that, you know, you find is helpful at that time as well? Absolutely. I mean, it can be about anything. We can we can use that that time, um, that cycle, that phase for anything, any type of of uh, goals or dreams or intentions. Um, you know, whether they be personal, whether they be for the planet, whether they be for humankind. You know, um, you, you you said something interesting too. Um, about the the interest uh, in the moon, and and Gord, I want to go back to your lunatic comment too because that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> as we move from um, the Piscean age to the age of Aquarius, there is a huge interest in um, astrology and also in the moon. And with the resurgence of the divine feminine, more and more women and more and more people everywhere are starting to um, or continuing to work or discovering and uncovering um, the phases of the moon. So working with the moon really is working with uh, divine feminine energy. And um, according to uh, Yasmin Boland, uh, the astrologer that, that, um, that I've based some of my work on, um, the moon is a powerful tool for for goal setting for manifesting and we manifest through our emotions and the moon interestingly enough um, as i said from an astrological perspective is all about our emotions right the moon is all about our emotions and and gord just um going back to to lunatic being about our emotions um luna the word Luna is the Latin word for moon. Moon, right. And, yeah. La bella yeah. Luna. La bella Luna, right? Yeah. And and lunar, of course, comes from yeah. the word <clears throat> Luna. And lunatic is someone who is, um, you know, either uh, clinically insane or, or just acting really um, crazy. Um, yeah. And and it... Uh, uh, it originally meant someone who went crazy with every phase of the moon, kind of like a werewolf. Um, oh. And it, it, in our, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. And and in our language, you know, sometimes, uh, like I've used the word lunatic, you know, s- sometimes to describe somebody who's zigging <laughs> and zagging in traffic. Let's say they're they're driving like a lunatic. Um, so so we use it as as a slang word for for anyone who seems kind of wild or or out of control. And, and then um, the other word, uh, which is interesting, is um, loony. So if someone says you're loony, it, you know, it means you're a little nuts or you went loony. Um, or if someone comes out with an idea that we don't agree with, that's a lunacy. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's just lunacy. Yeah. yeah. And, and then there's also um, to be moon touched or moon struck. Mm. Um, mm. And, and the interesting Snap thing. out of it. Yes. So, so, yes, exactly. Well, what I, what I learned was that before the rise of Christianity, uh, moon touched and moonstruck meant very different things. So they meant at that time, they meant you were special and that you were chosen by the Mm. goddess. But with the yes, isn't that interesting? But with the rise of patriarchy, um, the goddess, was belittled um, and the meaning changed and it, it was changed to mean you're crazy. You're, you're crazy. And Gord, you mentioned, um, you know, snap out of it. Well, that, that's a great movie moonstruck with Cher. Um, And, and, you know, what she was talking about was like, get back to your senses. You know, you're crazy in love. You're lovesick. You're, you're irrational. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how our language um, has evolved as well. It's very interesting. And Chris, mm. I, I want to ask you too, you mentioned that there's also this aspect of releasing. And I think that mm. releasing and clearing is so important with a sort of an intentional awareness because it doesn't happen overnight. We know that when we have, you know, whether we're conscious of whatever block or belief that we're holding we're not conscious of it. I think half the time, most of the time. (laughs) And, and, and we, we think, Oh, I just have to, you know, get rid of this false belief and whatever it is. But I, I feel that this aspect of using ritual and ceremony and, you know, Mm. uh, aligning with the, the energies that are around us is so very important now more than ever because we know we're constantly facing unknown as we continue in this, you know, sea of whatever it is. Lunacy. Right? It's lunacy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels is. like it every day. It keeps changing. It is. So, 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 Chris, can you talk about the releasing aspect and and mm-hmm. also a sense of, you know, when do you think people recognize that? Oh, yeah, that. Well, that that's gone now. You know that oh the, yeah. I, I can feel this shift now with the moon it's it's moved now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that, that's interesting because the whole idea of releasing um, is tied into the full moon. So the full moon is kind of like um, it's the high point of the lunar cycle, and it's kind of that make or break time. Um, so, so we know that the full moon is when the moon is big, it's bright, it's, it's lit up. It's like literally, um, in our face, we can see it. We, we can't really hide from that. August 22nd, next one. That's right. (laughs) August 22nd. Right. So, so it's really that make or break time for us. And, and at the full moon, as, as we talked about earlier, um, you can feel wound up or anxious or, or maybe more emotional. That is a, an optimal time to release and not only release whatever emotions uh, that are pent up, maybe what you're holding on to, but also to be able to just, you know, let go Um of maybe what is no longer working for you. And also it's an optimal time for forgiveness. Mm. Um, Really, really important time for forgiveness, which is a form of releasing. 
And that's very interesting. I, I didn't know that mm-hmm. around that. And it makes total sense. Yes. When it's a form of releasing, that's what forgiveness is. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Because um, forgiveness really is, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go into a whole thing about forgiveness, but, but it's, it's, it's forgiving yourself and forgiving others. It's letting go. It's, it's surrendering. It's mm-hmm. freeing yourself up so that you can move on and move yeah. forward with your life so that you're not holding on to, you know, whatever it was that was, um, you know, keeping you stuck, holding you back. And the full moon is the perfect time to release that, which is no longer serving you. Um, you know, it, it's, if something hasn't worked out for you, or if it's not working out for you, um, it's the time to bless it and let it go. Um, and, and be grateful for what you have. Um, it's that time to forgive, release, let go. Um, that could be forgiving yourself, forgiving others. Um, yeah, it's such an important, uh, cycle in the entire lunar cycle. And, and just, um, talking briefly about uh, the workshop, uh, Gord, you mentioned that the full moon is on the 22nd. So one of of the things that I want to do in the workshop, because the workshop is so close to the full moon, is I want to take the group through uh, a full moon uh, forgiveness meditation, which is, yeah, so powerful. And, And Alexia, you also mentioned ritual. So at the time of the full moon, for example, um, that is the perfect time to do a full moon forgiveness ritual. Um, very powerful time for inner work, for, for looking within, for healing, uh, for shifting blocks, for letting go of the past. And, and sometimes, as you mentioned, um, sometimes that actually happens for us at the full moon, and we might not even be consciously no, yeah. aware of it. Do you know what I mean? Does yes, that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. do. I do. And I so what does the crescent moon do? The crescent moon. Okay. Well, it, the crescent moon is the second in, in the cycle, in the eight okay. uh, cycles of the moon. So the crescent moon is in the waxing cycle. So it's when the moon is starting to build up. You're going from the new moon to the full moon. Um, it's about three and a half to seven days after the new moon. And it's when you look up in the sky and you start to um, uh, see the moon. So it starts to become yeah, yeah. visible. You see that sort of sliver of light, if you will. And it's really a time to explore your dreams, explore your goals. So really kind of get clear on what it is that you are dreaming about what it is that you want to um, manifest. So it's like a building block, starting from kind the newness to like getting a plan. To, yeah. To, to fruition. yeah. It feels more like clarity to me, like yeah. trying, it, to, trying to sort of, you know, let all the dust settle and get into a place of more clarity. It's, it's a, a place of more clarity. And it's also uh, a time for you to ask yourself the question, um, is, is that all there is? <laughs> <laughs> no. Peggy well, Lee's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
are your goals and dreams or wishes, are they starting to feel real and possible? Um, so it's, it's a time when you may be getting clarity, but it's also a time where you need courage and faith in order to move forward. Going, because uh, Yeah, because sometimes... So you're going to do this in your workshop, though, right? Like you're going to help people go through the pieces for them? Well, we're, yeah, I, I, okay. I'm going to help give them okay, some because clarity. Because I want them to know that you, you have this workshop mm-hmm. coming up next Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be on Zoom, given the fact that uh, we're in Toronto and you're out in British Columbia, so it will be on mm-hmm. Zoom. Uh, now, if you'd like to contact us about the, the show, uh, we're at info at spiritgrows.ca. Uh, the other no, uh, address to get is at always is transformationalarts.ca. So, uh, we have, uh, we're still doing our summer series. Chris is up next, and uh, that's going to be a great one, actually. I went to last night, so it was really good. Uh, so you're going to be coming in live from uh, Kelowna, and uh, you're going to be working on, starting at 7 o'clock, it's a three-hour on the, I'm working with the moon, and it's quite powerful. Mm-hmm. Sounds great, Chris. Sounds uh, yeah. really great. Next week oh. on, on uh, Things Worth Considering is going to be our guest, Paulino Hanlon, and she is a uh, a lifelong teacher, learner, and a manifester. And she's going to be working with unleashing your unpotential or your potential. Uh, <laughs> and it is unpotential. It, it just takes it is. It way and far and create the kind of life that you will absolutely love. Uh, so that's next Thursday here on Things Worth Considering. I'm Gordon Dell. I thank Chris for being here. Alexia Georgiusis. And we will be back here next week, uh, 8 p.m. Have a great week. Uh, stay healthy. Thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiusis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 